Welcome to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast, where we seek to provide you the tools to preserve and promote college radio. I'm Shane Garcia, and as always, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin. Doc, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, but I'm looking outside, Shane, and they're talking about sleet. Sleet coming down tonight. Did you know that? Yeah, I'm not looking forward to going out in the roads early in the morning, but I got to do what I got to do. Yep. And of course, we had that beautiful day of 70 degree and now it's cold again and uh, sleet on the way. But uh, I'm looking forward to today because we got the wild man today. Wildest guys in WIXQ history is with us. Yeah, you have told me about this gentleman for, for many years now. And when I was doing my thing, trying to reach out to different WIXQ alums and, of course, meeting up with people during the 50th anniversary reunion, you said, oh, Shane, there's this guy. I, well, I, I should even say this. It even predates that because I think when I first joined the organization, you took me into the studio itself and you showed me the pictures on the wall of the station. And you said, you see that guy? He's got a tattoo of WIXQ right on his arm. And it's there. It's sticking out just like that. You can see it bright as day. W-I-X-Q right there. And I had a feeling he was an interesting character in that very moment because who gets a, a tattoo of their college radio station? But you have also told me some things over the years, though, Doc, as well, because this guy, this, this gentleman has claimed, even though he has graduated college, to have never once bought a book when he was a college student. He's the only person to ever beat you in darts. At least that's what you claim. But he's also a former college radio program director, operations manager, and assistant music director. And of course, as I said, the man with the college radio tattoo, Keith Grohowski, is joining us today on Scholastic Transmission. Hi, Doc. Hi, Shane. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am absolutely pumped, and Doc, I know you are absolutely pumped as well because you have told me for years now, and you continue to tell the current generation of WIX Cures about Mr. Keith Grohowski. In fact, you even call a new DJ Keith Grohowski. Yeah, I mean, I this kid looks, well, doesn't, they, nobody can see this, but he, he, he looks like Grohowski to me, except Grohowski has sought and gotten a little wilder looking with his beard and his uh, hair. I mean... He actually is wilder now than he was back at WIXQ, I think. Um, I would say that I am uh, much less wild in the day-to-day, although, yeah, my hair and the beard could be described as a bit wild. I'll give you that one. And as you run your fingers through your hair, there it is, the WIXQ tattoo. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Still one of my favorite tattoos. <laughs> it's one of my favorite tattoos, and I don't even have any tattoos on my body, but that might be changing here soon. <laughs> Doc, did you ever want to get a WIXQ tattoo? No, because I'm old school and they don't wash off. I mean, <laughs> I used to tell uh, another program director who had a big eagle put on her back uh, that, you know, that doesn't wash off. And uh, I think Keith is well aware that that tattoo on his arm, WIXQ, does not wash off. So Doc did not want to. I, the only tattoo I ever would have put on my body would have been one of those ones that like kids tattoos. You know what I mean? With the ink and you sort of put it in water and you. You paste it on and then you can wash it off. So uh, the other thing is mama got two tattoos. Mama has a, a runner and a swimmer on her ankle. And uh, I remember her going off to that uh, to get that done. And I'm saying, you know, that's going to hurt a little bit. And I guess it did. So uh, I didn't want any pain inflicted on my arm, my body, anything. 
Nick say on the tattoos for Doc, no tattoos. But as you said, it lives on forever. And man, I'm looking forward to having Keith's story live on forever. And just and hear just how much his time spending college radio meant to him. But why don't we get into it here? But let's let's go back a little bit before we get into your days about college radio, Keith. I'd like to ask you, because of course, when you think of college radio, you think of music. Music dominates the airwaves. What music did you listen to growing up and how did that influence you then throughout your life? So the music I listen to now slash the music I listened to in college and growing up, it was kind of like a transition over the years. I started out listening to like rock and roll and stuff, just whatever my dad listened to. And I got into high school and middle school to area and I kind of segued into like uh, post hardcore pop punk type music, some you know more alternative sounds. And uh, as I got closer to graduating high school, it started to get my musical taste started to get more heavy. So I was edging into more metal territory, but still a good mix of like that clean vocals, metal vocals, that sort of thing. And so as that started to flourish, as I got into music more, as I aged, I ended up really liking those genres like a lot more and, you know, started going to shows and seeing concerts, that sort of thing. Yeah. I remember like back in high school when I first got my car, when I was 16 driving around and surfing through the radio stations and uh, the only station that played music that I liked that I could get where I lived was a a college radio station that just played all kinds of different alternative stuff. I never knew what I was going to hear when I got that college radio station on. And, uh, that was very inspiring for me. What was that station? Um, let me think back what they were called. Um, it's been so long now. It almost breaks my heart to not be able to remember what it is. I could probably do some research and find out which one it was. Um, but it's in Pennsylvania. It's a northeastern um, school, but I'm not sure which one it was. East Stroudsburg? Was it East Stroudsburg? I don't think it was East Stroudsburg. I, I think they were a smaller school but i can't remember the call letters or anything i'll have to look it up and get back to you that sounds good to me i'd like to give him a shout out then if we can but as time went on keith how did you come down south a little bit make your way to millersville university to amish country lancaster county and what was your major then once you got there so um i ended up checking out a few different um, like state schools and stuff. Cause that's what I wanted to do. I, I was pretty sure um, as sure as I could be at that age, 17, but uh, my sister had actually graduated from Millersville university years before that. So that was like some incentive to check it out. And I remember when I came and visited the campus with my mom and did the tour and stuff, I just remember like the energy and like the kids were having a great time. And there were like students that were going into the smack as they were like talking about the building, they're like, this college is great. You guys got to come here. And they were like all like loud and like saying how awesome it is. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. So that really uh, was fun. And I remember like just that atmosphere being so positive and exciting. And that's what hooked you. Yeah. So you, you said that you listened to that college radio station growing up. Did that kind of motivate you to get involved at the campus radio station or how exactly did you find the campus radio station then? Yeah. Um, so that the college radio station I listened to growing up was one of the major um, like pushes to, to like do radio. Cause I just, I really wanted to play music on the radio. I wanted to be able to provide that same service for lack of a better word that I had like the opportunity to listen to music. You can't get anywhere else, especially on like, you know, on the FM band. 
So that was one main reason. And another reason was when I was doing this summer job, this older guy I worked with was very surprised by how voice my deep was at the time. It's like, oh man, you got a really deep voice. And I was like, yeah, I guess I do. So you should do radio or something. And like, when, for whatever reason, when he said that, it like just clicked in my head. I'm like, maybe I will do that. So when I got to Millersville, I sought out the radio station myself. I was like, I know there's a radio station here. They like briefly pointed it out on the tour. They like mentioned that it was in the building. So I remember awkwardly kind of like going in the station, not knowing where to go or who to talk to and be like, hey, I want to I want to do this. What do I do? And so they told me that the meeting was coming up and the rest is history, which I guess we'll talk about. So let's get into that. What was your training like once you officially stepped through those doors and tried to become a DJ then? Yeah, um, you know, we did the standard procedure. I went in, shadowed on a, a radio show with, uh, I actually interned with uh, Sean Martin and uh, Cassie. Uh, I forget what they changed their show name like every year, I think, like every semester. It was called, I think it was called Jukebox Heroes, I think is what it was, like a play on the song. Um, but anyway, that was my first training with those guys. And then from there, you know, they let you go after a little bit and get to do your own thing. What was your own thing then? What was your show name? How did it evolve over the years? Yeah, it, it definitely was an evolution. So my first show that first semester when I was a freshman, uh, I called the return of chivalry because I thought it sounded really cool. I don't think that I was exactly chivalrous at that time in my life. <laughs> I don't think I was like inherently like opposite. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so that was my first show and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I eventually changed the name, um, which I stuck with for like the rest of my years uh, until I did a talk show in my senior year to uh, the Inferno with Keith Krahowski because I played like faster, louder music, not quite heavy, heavy metal, but um, I definitely played a lot of post-hardcore type music that I thought fit that vibe did that vibe then translate over to metal wednesday then yeah yeah i was really excited when i got the wednesday slot because it you know metal wednesday is a big deal and at that time we were trying to make it make it full the full day all wednesday as metal as we can i remember we were really close i think matt reinerson would not give up his 12 o'clock spot and he played like the most chill indie music you could find so the rest of the day was all metal and anyway Matt screwing up the Metal Wednesday. But yeah, uh, Metal Wednesday was great. Uh, Andrew's show was right after mine. And of course, we talked to Andrew uh, just this past episode. We had him on episode number 47. And of course, you two, from what I know of, are tremendous friends. Uh, yeah, uh, Andrew's still one of my best friends to this day. Uh, I kind of work with him now. I work at Villanova University. He's across the street in another building. Um, so we're still very close. Um, maybe someday uh, him and I will run Villanova University like we ran the radio station. Ah, uh, that <laughs> would be very interesting. Uh, the, the, the two some uh, talk about opposites, uh, <laughs> personality and, and and style. Maybe it would be an interesting university, one that might be open to uh, uh, different clientele of students, uh, <laughs> a different experience. That would be fun to see. Doc, what was it like for you seeing the group? of Keith Grohowski and Andrew Coons Mazer running together back in the day at WIXQ. Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot to tell you this one. I, I hope uh, Keith uh, Grohowski remembers this one. You remember when you put up my Christmas lights before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving uh, mm -hmm. on, on the street, on my sidewalk, you and, and Coons came over and uh, put up my lights. Remember that? 
Yes, I do. And I, I was eternally grateful for you because I was getting aged again, older, whatever you want to call it. And I was having to bend over and I said, well, maybe I could talk these two kids into putting up my lights. And you did. Remember yeah, we were, were happy right on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. That was an easy job. <laughs> Not for an old man. Hey, Doc, anything to help you out? Anything to help you out? Yeah, well, Keith and, and Andrew really gelled well together. I don't know why, but they did. They were just, and it's good to hear that they're now working at Villanova. And uh, I hope they do start the uh, new University of Villanova. It would be interesting. I would like to see that. What plans would you have for that domination then, Keith? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um I'm still new here at the university, so I'd, I'd have to see. I actually really do like the way they kind of run things. It is very diverse. They've got a pretty good, like, they're pretty big on inclusion and diversity, so um, that's fun. Uh, we probably just have to have a lot more uh, metal concerts on campus would probably be where we'd start. So on the topic of friendship and culture and inclusion, what about the culture of the radio station hooked you? What made you really want to submerge yourself within WIXQ once you got there? Yeah, I mean, the, the word that comes to mind when I think of like the time I spent at WIXQ and my relationships and the culture is like family. It really gives you like a familial like setting. Doc was always there. So we had that like father, grandfather type figure there. Um, and then the rest, you know, when I was younger, like in my freshman and sophomore years, there was always whoever the station manager and program director were, and they had their stuff together and they were leading the station and all the other people, you know, contributing. But even outside of the radio station and activities that are like what keep the radio station going, there was so much that we just so much time we spent together outside of doing the radio. We'd always be down there eating lunch together. Us, like the people on the council, Doc, uh, sometimes just other people that were affiliated with people on the radio station. So it just gave you that feeling like, oh, these are like brothers, sisters, and cousins, you know, like they're all so different, but we're so bonded over the radio and, and our love for music. When you get that many people together that have such diverse musical interests, and that are passionate enough about that music to want to spread it to as many people as they can. Um, it really creates an interesting, creative environment that's, I think, really hard to replicate. And that's such a common theme that we hear throughout this podcast whenever we bring on guests. And it's all thanks to the man that we're talking to here on the other end, Doc Rock, the culture that you created. People deeply appreciate the fact that anybody from all types of backgrounds can come in there, whether or not you're a metal nut whether or not you like country music or whether or not you have an international show, Doc, as we had talked about earlier today before we even got on the podcast. Anybody can walk in there, any major, and they can be themselves and they can come together and meet people they wouldn't typically meet. It's the kids that did it. I just was a facilitator and I was probably as wacky as they were in, in retrospect when they were there because we were we were in a wacky time when Keith was there. We were hunkered in a bunker. We were the only ones in the smack. And uh I always remember Keith sliding something under the door to scare people. Do you remember that, Keith? Oh yeah, that was that's a that's still a, we we recount those times uh, often when we're getting together. Me and some of the alums. Yeah, I think it was a I think it was a Johnny Depp like from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean cutout, like a big cardboard life size cutout, and kids would be walking past the door, and we would shove it 
underneath the door. So this like full sized person would pop out where you're walking and scare people. We had the best time ever doing that for some reason, kids, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also I remember, I mean, I remember also about you on a motorcycle accident. Do I remember oh, yeah. correctly? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did wreck my motorcycle back in college that time, messed my knee up. But yeah, I walked away, though. You walked away and you got, got a job in spite of wrecking up your motorcycle. So, yeah, yeah, you were sort of, I don't know if you want to admit, you were definitely a character. Oh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that, Doc. And I also remember I was telling Shane that you were determined to beat me at dots. I was. I, I knew I could because there were so many games where I was close. And I knew that if I could just, you know, dial my game in, I'd be able to overtake you. And you did. And I did. That's right. I became yep, the, the, beat, the, the only dog. one in the history of the radio station to beat Doc and Dots. Yes, that's right. I'm still quite good. Are you still good with I hand? Yeah. Okay. Well, you did. You you got rid of my uh, title of uh, you. You were my, the only one I ever lost to was you, Keith. That's awesome. I'm glad to hold that title. And I hear you had some uh, choice words after you beat Doc as well. Doc was telling me about that too. You remember what you said when you beat me? Oh, I really don't. Actually, I don't remember. You sort of gave me a little shot and it sort of hinted at you did it for the entire group of people who had beaten me. I had beaten in the past. You mm -hmm. were going, do you remember that? Do you remember that now? That does sound a lot more familiar trying to take you down. Yeah. And, and you really sort of gave me a good little zinger. Mm -hmm. This is for all those people that never beat you. I'm doing it for them. Yeah. We did play a lot of darts. <laughs> <laughs> And Keith had tremendous eye hand. He could he could key it in, and and he really made me throw well. I mean, and, and and he did beat me. You know, hearing these stories about just the different activities that would go on in the college radio station, other than what you would see on the air, hearing about this culture, it just makes me genuinely appreciate the foundation of it all. The fact that the college kids could just easily walk in and do whatever they want as i use air quotes there whatever they want but just have the freedom to be themselves what other memories of, of freedom and what other great memories behind the scenes keith do you have from your time in college radio geez there's so much stuff i mean some of my best friends uh like he mentioned roger i i remember when i was training roger on the radio and then we ended up becoming again we're friends now we play dungeons and dragons all the time uh, I remember, I mean, all the stuff that WIXQ did, uh, outside that, like the cleanups and, uh, the, the hot dogs and hamburgers at Doc's house was always great. Uh, obviously we partied a lot, but that's neither here nor there, man. So many good memories. Do you remember a guy by the name of, uh, Chris Byrne and, uh, the hungry yeah, the hungry. Remember, you guys were what was it? You were called the, the hungry something. I can't remember. Yeah, we were living the uh, the hungry life, and that was what Chris and I named our uh, show in our final semester there of college. We had a talk radio show called The Hungry Life. That yeah, we did. And somehow I remember you con Metro Pizza. Into yeah, we delivering got off, pizza. Man. I tell you, we were we were some very charismatic college kids. We did. We got uh, we called up Metro Pizza local pizza chain we we're like hey we can't officially advertise because like you can't like legally 
I was pretty sure we couldn't like have them officially underwrite us, but we were able to get them to give us free pizzas every week for our show. We got two large free pizzas, sometimes wings and other stuff. And all we do is we're like, yeah, we're eating Metro pizza. It's super great. We love Metro pizza. And for pretty much the whole time, we got free pizza on The Hungry Life. And that's what it was all about, The Hungry Life. The concept of the show was we are poor college kids. And uh, here's how to get the most out of pretty much anything. <laughs> it's good. And you got the most through your radio show, the fact that you were able to get free food every damn week. You can't beat it. I, you, I mean, that was that was some of the like pinnacle radio uh, perks at that time. I, I can't imagine as a college kid, like getting a better bonus on top of having a radio show. Like, OK, you have a radio show and they'll give you pizza on top, man. I think that's a good tip for anybody who's out there listening who's currently in college radio. See how far you can go and see what sponsors that you can get in order to make the most out of your situation. But of course, during that time, you had talked about that was towards the tail end of your college career, your college radio career. But even before that, you decided to take that next step to become a leader at the college radio station. Why did you want to do that? Why get involved to get on the station council? Yeah, um, a couple things. I mean, I guess we should talk about the, the hiccup I had that first year. So freshman year, when I came in, got the radio show, everything was great, having a great time. But it turns out I was having too great of a time freshman year that first semester because my grades dropped and they put me on academic probation when I came back in the spring. Um, and it turns out you can't have a radio show if you're on academic probation. So I lost my show that semester and I was heartbroken. So uh from that point on, I uh, decided to uh, get my act together, as it were, and uh, push myself a lot harder to get back on the radio. And between the uh, fun I had that first semester, the drive that the station gave me to set myself up for success academically and whatnot, and that inclusion, because even though I wasn't able to be on the radio, I was still there eating lunch, hanging out at the station. I might not be on the radio, but I was still a part of the station, which was great. So, yeah, once I uh, got back on, I couldn't wait to get involved. And I just uh, got my feet wet, becoming that assistant music director and moving on up. Before I ask you about your time uh, on your respective council positions, why did you fight to get back on the radio? Yeah, it's it was the, one of the first things in my life I feel that I was that passionate about. Like, uh, so I guess I might not have mentioned, I came in undeclared when I came into college and after doing the radio that first semester, I changed my, my major to communication, uh, with a concentration in, you know, broadcasting, like media studies, um, because I loved it so much. I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. This, this is it. This is the thing I want to do. So just being able to do that was, hmm. That's such a great opportunity. I'm so thankful for still. And had you never fought to get back, who knows where you'd be today? Seriously. I mean, it's, I, I will say like the friends that I made at WIXQ um, have just been such a major part of my life now. Like even to this day, most of my friends, like my, my our bigger friend group is all, is mostly people that were a part of WIXQ or were, uh, loosely a part of WIXQ. If they weren't on the radio, they were familiar with it. They hung out. 
So, I mean, it would, it's not a stretch to say at this point, especially like I had some, some bouts with depression in the past few years, um, as I'm sure a lot of people have struggled with, uh, you know, the way things have been over these past few years. And, you know, my friends like Andrew and Roger and that I met at WIXQ, uh, they literally saved my life. So, you know, I don't know what I would do if I didn't do that with my life. I'd be somebody different or nobody. <laughs> wow. That's absolutely powerful. You know, Doc, we've heard that a couple times in past episodes here on the podcast, that the college radio station has provided them the resources to stand up and to have the motivation to keep on keeping on. That sort of left me speechless because uh, I did not know that. I never knew that. We're thankful, though, that, that college radio has been able to be a platform and has able to create an, a home and give so many students, the friends, the community, that they may need when times are tough. Yep. And uh, as you know, in the written history, I mentioned the whole family concept and uh, that is what I tried to create. I'm not saying I did it, but I, I'm glad to hear that at least Keith thought I did it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I have uh, anything to say about it, I would say that it's a roaring success. WXQ, if like, it's like, let's say hypothetically you're a prospective Millersville University student or any college student, maybe. I don't know if other college radio stations are anything like ours, but um, the bonds that you'll form with these people over music and all the other things that you'll experience with them, it's not something you can get anywhere else. It's, it's just so unique when you're bonding over music. I just, and, and, and the desire to spread that passion. It just creates a, a such a unique environment. And of course, you were able to get your hands on that music physically, perhaps digitally a little bit as well during your time at the station, because you were assistant music director. I have to ask you, what are some of your favorite bands or artists or maybe even some songs that you discovered when you were AMD? There's a couple of like tiny, tiny, tiny little bands that I remember like popping up. There's this one band called The Adventure, and they're like a chiptune band, like, like just like 32 16 bit sounds and i remember finding that that like little cd in the the crate that we had to go through and being like this is awesome i it was just like such a unique thing and i had a great time after that you decided that you wanted to get your toes wet even more and made the jump to become operations manager helping to bring in and recruit new members of the station and potentially even train them as well why take that next step and what was so appealing to you about the ops manager position yeah, operations manager. I remember like getting that position and well, vying for that position and then obtaining it um, because I knew how great WIXQ was. And operations manager, you're basically recruitment and training. That's your that's what you do. You get more DJs to come on and then get them trained up and get them their radio shows. So I was very determined to bring as many people as I could into the fold because I know how great it is and i was passionate about spreading that that family growing it out to more people and i did a lot of yelling in those weeks at students <laughs> running all around campus handing out little pieces of paper talking to every single person that would give me the time of day we filled up the program grid for the first time in a while i think then it was good i would say i was very successful <laughs> what specific plans of recruitment did you have to try to bring people in? I wasn't a big planner in college. I'll be honest. It was a lot of, uh, put your foot on the gas and 
go, go, go. So I was, uh, I was notoriously loud in college. So I would be out on the quad yelling at students on the way to dorms, be like, Hey, do you want to be on the radio? You can be on the radio. I had little flyers. Um, I had flyers. I hung up all over the place and I talked to everybody and anybody. So then, of course, then you decided to take a next step even further than ops manager, and you became the program director at WIXQ. Why did you become the program director? What did you want to accomplish through that position? Uh, yeah, again, uh, similar, just that passion for the station um, and my like desire to see it grow. I just knew that I had the ability to manage that position, to do that job well. Um, and I knew that it would help me like grow as a person as well. Um, both at that time, like in my career, cause I was still very radio oriented for moving forward out of college. Um, but more, um, wanting to be that, what's the word? Uh, maybe, maybe a role model, I guess, might be the word. I really did like being the center of attention back then. Um, so yeah, just the, uh, the chance to touch more lives more directly at, at WXU, I think maybe just continuing that. Because you literally get your hands on every single show by forming that program grid. Yeah, it's a, it's a good bit of work. I really enjoyed that work. Some of the best times. What was your favorite of the three positions that you had during your time at WIXQ? Um, I probably enjoyed being program director the most, primarily because of my relationship with Andrew. Uh, he was the station manager and we got very close and we were able to work really, really well together, um, you know, managing things. Him and I have a good like, like Doc kind of mentioned, we're opposite in some ways. Um, so we can we can fill in each other's gaps really well, but we have enough in common that we mesh really well as well. So that was that would made that position very, very enjoyable. And of course, Doc, you have always said that your station manager and your program director need to work together. Yeah, and, and that was a relationship that worked. I mean, obviously, uh, I had some experiences where the station manager program director would be at odds with each other, but I had no problems with Andrew and Keith because they just gel. I mean, I don't know how you describe it. It's not like mama and I, we just yeah. gel. Andrew and I uh, have uh, used the term soulmates to describe our relationship. I can live with soulmates. Uh, mama just happens to be in the background. Can you live with us be, being your soulmate, mama? Yeah, she said yes. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why it's very fitting that we have you on following Andrew and Shay. It, it's it's a natural transition, and I'm glad that we're able to do this. And to getting back into it here then, Keith, I'm sure, you know, working on the council, especially those top-tier positions on the executive council, lead to some perks. And, of course, you had your perk with your show, but one of those perks can be going to CMJ. Do you have any CMJ stories that you would like to share? Oh man, CMJ, that was some wild times. Shoot, man. One of the situations that uh, me and uh, Corey got into when we were in New York, uh, it was just him and I, we were looking for this show, like that was part of the CMJ thing. And it was in this building that was very nondescript. Like it looked basically like you were going to walk into a New York apartment. And so we, we found it almost by chance and went upstairs and when we got there, we either came in the wrong door or were there too early because they were still setting up. 
but they just let us in. And I guess we met the manager during that process and he like just hooked us up and we just got to just get free drinks and just be like VIPs the whole night we were there just because we got lucky and showed up early. Oh, that was a good sign. I always hear from DJs during your time and even the years before, because unfortunately CMJ no longer exists, that CMJ was this tremendous conference where you can go and make all these connections, see all these bands, get some free refreshments, because of course these promoters were giving out those free refreshments, because why not? You have college kids coming your way, but it can just make for one hell of a time and make so many memories in the process. Yeah, it was great. Um, I really like New York. Um, it's not for everybody though. That's for sure. But yeah, that opportunity was one of the perks that you mentioned at WIXU that was just so, so great. Like that was just like as a college student, being able to like go to New York City and experience all that music and see all those shows and meet all those people. That's not like something I could have done on my own. I would have never had that opportunity. What other perks did you have at the college radio station that maybe you would not have had had you not been involved with WIXQ? All that music access for one, um, we always got to get all the new music that was coming out first, you know, any CDs that came in back in the day, be able to just download them on your iTunes because that was a thing back then. So lots of like free music was nice. Obviously, the, the lounge was great. It was like having your own like private space with your people. Um, I love that common area. Did you take advantage of the Chameleon Club? Oh, yeah, the Chameleon Club. Yeah, you got free tickets to the Chameleon Club. Do they still do that? You still get free tickets to the Chameleon? They still underwriting? Unfortunately, the Chameleon Club no longer exists. What? Do they do shows? Like, are like they still, like, do they sell it? Do they close down? They're closed down, perhaps maybe returning with a new location. They Although they've been saying that now since the fall of 2020. Um, but I don't know if they're ever coming back. However, there is a new venue that WIXQ is partnered with called Phantom Power. It's right down the road from, well, it's where the Point of View movie theater used to be. And uh, Greg Barley, who used to be a part of the Chameleon Club, is the man behind it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I went to a bunch of shows uh, through WIXQ's relationship with the Chameleon Club. I remember seeing Bayside, August Burns, Red, a bunch of bands. And that's just the power, again, that college radio can lead to you. The fact that WIXQ, your college radio station, could hook you up to a free trip to New York, basically. The fact that you were able to get in and get free tickets to as many shows as you really wanted through the Chameleon Club, free pizza through Metro Pizza. There's, there's, I, I see why you got WIXQ tattooed on your arm, but I have to say, why did you get WIXQ tattooed on your arm? Yeah, I remember um, back, back then, I was in a position where I was ready for my next tattoo, People who have tattoos will kind of get it. There comes this point after you've gotten your last tattoo where you're like, get this itch where you're like, I'm ready to get more ink. It's kind of addictive. And I was at that point where I was ready for another tattoo. And I had decided I wanted it to be a WIXQ tattoo. I had like come to because I'm like, I want a radio station tattoo. I like bounced around with different ideas on like the design. But in the end, I went with Ariel Bold. WIXQ right there on the arm uh, because I wanted it to be a very bold statement. And I knew that I would get looks and people would be like, you got a college radio station tattooed on your arm um, and that sort of thing. I knew that going in and 
it has been really good. I, I still to this day, like love this tattoo. It's, it's, it's a statement of just like, I wouldn't be me without the radio station. I wouldn't be this person. I wouldn't even be close to the person I am. I wouldn't have any of the friends I have. So like this life I live now just isn't a thing without WIXQ. So I'm happy to take it with me for the rest of my life. What reactions did you get when you first got that thing? Yeah, lots of people were like blown away. The shock that people had that I did that because one, it's not a, it's not a stylistic tattoo. It's not very artsy, right? Like I said, it's Ariel Bold. It's just four letters in big black writing um, right there on my arm. So um, people are often shocked. Um, after college, when I was like working at various jobs and it would be out, if I like was wearing a short sleeve shirt, they'd all, I'd always get people asking me, what's WXQ? What's WixQ? What do those letters mean? And I'd tell them, oh yeah, that's my college radio station over Millersville University. Sometimes they'd want to know more details, but usually they were just like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a tremendous way to give free promotion to the radio station, I do have to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I should probably get some kind of kickback, but that's all right. Hey, I'll see what I can do for you, Keith. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Doc, what was your reaction when Keith got this tattoo? Not surprised. I mean, he, uh, how do I put this? Nothing Keith did ever shocked me. I don't know if it was intended to shock me, but it, it nothing ever did. It, I mean, it was just Keith being Keith. And I even employed him as a videographer in a, a project with a guy, I think he mentioned earlier, Roger Cowden. And mm -hmm. uh, they did my videographic work for me. And uh, he... Uh, as you probably sense, I used to use my job as advisor of the undeclared program, which Keith entered into. Uh, I use that as a way to even recruit students to work in the office or do my videotaping on my uh, videos of majors and gen eds and that kind of stuff. So it was also a way of keeping a little bit of an eye on him too, making sure he was headed down the graduation route, which he mm -hmm. did graduate. I sure did. And you allegedly walked away without ever buying a textbook during your time. Is that true? If I bought any books, they were only bought that very first semester, which I don't know if I actually bought any books that semester or not. In, at this point, I think I might have bought one or two. But um, after that, I, I definitely didn't. No way. <laughs> How in the heck did you get away with that? <laughs> oh, there's multiple ways to do it. One, you can find out if they even use the book for the class, because lots of classes you can get like the info from previous students, like what the classwork kind of is. So I would do research on if the book was relevant to the class or if it was like a book that like they graded the like reading of. Um, and that would help determine what my next course of action was. If I uh, really, really, really needed the book, usually I could get it at the library. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, everybody in the, else in the class bought the book, so... <laughs> I didn't need to. We're not just a college radio podcast giving you the tips and tools to preserve college radio. We're also a podcast giving you some some financial advice and some advice for students to make sure that you can walk away without having to use the textbook to look in other directions to make sure you can save some cash and, and still pass the class. I will say that I was lucky, though, that like a lot of the classes I had weren't textbook heavy. I'm sure there are some majors where that was probably not viable. Um, yeah. And also don't buy brand new books. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Doc, I see, see you're itching to say something there. 
Yeah, I was going to bring up the fact you could always buy used books. And uh, I was going to say, Keith, did you ever borrow your friend's books maybe and use their books? Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Was, so you are just... very, very good at uh, finding ways to save money and uh, not buy books. Yeah, it was all about the hungry life, you know. We just you, when you're a broke college kid, you gotta pinch every penny you can. Yeah, and you were very good at that. I guess that came from a skill you learned early in life. Maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know why yeah. you pinch pennies, but you did. <laughs> so as we start to wrap up here, Keith, it's been very clear how much your time spent at WIXQ has meant a lot to you, not just during your time in college, but in the years after. How has your time in college radio prepared you for life after college, not just professionally, but also a little bit personally as well? Yeah, uh, we briefly touched on some of this stuff. Uh, you know, the relationships you form are so, so big. Like the people you meet at the radio station, they're not. In fact, most of them at WIXQ were not radio people. They were not there specifically because they wanted to be on the radio when they grew up. Um, I mean, that happened to be the case for me after I joined it. I decided I did want to do that. It's much harder than you think. But those people are, you know, they're going to go graduate college. They're going to go out into their fields and do their thing. And you don't know where people are going to end up. So those close bonds you form and, you know, on the radio station, they don't go away. I mean, I now work at Villanova University, which I probably couldn't have done if it wasn't for knowing Andrew. He was able to let me know that hey, there's this position that I think you would be a good fit for. I wouldn't have known to go look for that if I didn't have a friend from back then that was successful and had the ability to inform me of that. So that sort of thing. And again, just the, the care, the love, the support that I've received from my WIXQ alum friends um, has been just a tremendous uh, fountain of strength for me personally over these years. Um. And, you know, just the um, also the the music, you know, that is something that doesn't go away. I'm still very passionate about radio and music to this day. I now live, you know, out here in Villanova area. We have WXPN is uh, at the University of Pennsylvania is a nonprofit radio organization that I am a big supporter of because it, it really reminds me of WIXQ, the WXPN down here. Um, I just can't say, you know, how important it is to, you know, be a part of something and especially something that is as cultural and creative and artistic as music and radio is just because those, those people, um, they can just give you something that you can't get anywhere else. I have to ask you, have you checked in at all with WXVU Villanova's radio station? Not yet. I um, recently went to a, a thesis competition and the one uh, student, graduate student that is there, he's like working with them on something. And I was like, I could probably also work with them on something. So I do have plans to make my way over there and see if there's uh, something I can do, whether that's get back on the air or facilitate or I don't know, but I would love to get my my feet back in the water of college radio if I can. And once you have that radio itch, you never lose it. No, it doesn't go away. What advice would you have for current and future college radio DJs, but also the leaders of the station? Oh, um, let's see here. My advice would be, uh, one, don't forget to take your studies seriously. That still matters. 
you can still have all your fun on the radio and party, but you still got to get good grades. Trust me, because that comes first. Okay, uh, that's out of the way. Um, I would say uh, stay in touch with the people that you meet if you can, you know, um, try and, you know, get involved as much as you can. Make it special. Make it yours, you know, and uh, don't be afraid to be loud and leave a mark. You know, it's uh, apparently I was a lot louder than I realized. I didn't know that my legacy preceded me so much. So um, I think there's something to be said about uh, not being afraid of what other people might think of you. One last question here for you, Keith. As you think back, driving down the road, discovering that college radio station when you were a teenager, coming to Millersville University, having the itch to get involved at the campus radio station, being the AMD the operations manager and the program director WIXQ, the friendships that you formed, all the the things that you were able to, I don't want to say sneak, but everything that you were able to mooch from the radio station, but also just the impact that WIXQ and the memories and the friendships have had on you over the years. Why do you believe people should support college radio? One, uh, music. Uh, It's hard to find new or independent or good music that's not corporately pushed um to the creative freedom that is given to a college dj they lets them explore discover figure out who they are um and uh it gives you again a family whether you're a listener or uh, a, a dj um you get to connect with people in a way that is unique and special. The man with the college radio tattoo, WIXQ right across the arm, Keith Grohowski. Thank you so much for joining us today on Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Doc. It was lovely being here. It was really great to talk to you guys. And it was great for me to reminisce, Keith, because at my stage of life, I do a lot of reminiscing. I know I've always been looking forward to sitting down and talking with you. I know we had plans to discuss a little bit about your time at the station when we were doing the 50th anniversary thing, but it never came to fruition. But now I'm glad that we're able to put your story out there on a much grander scale. Now that we've, we've been heard in 35 different U S States. I think it might be actually be 36 now, 13 different countries. It's amazing. The power of scholastic transmission, more importantly, the power of college radio. And now your story lives on forever. Keith, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Keith. Well, Doc, there he goes. Keith Grohowski, the wild man, the man with the WIXQ tattoo, joining us here today on Scholastic Transmission. I'm so glad that we were able to sit down with him. And man, he's been impacted by the radio station in more ways than I would have ever thought. Yeah, and I was, uh, uh, of course, I took a real liking to the kid as a kid. He's a man now, obviously, with a job. And I wanted him to succeed. I wanted that. And because I knew this kid had it in him to graduate and succeed. So I I wanted that to happen. You know, Doc, you just brought up the word there, success. And this is something that I've really wanted to talk about with you for a while now, knowing how much you've had such a tremendous, profound impact on hundreds, if not thousands of Millersville University students over the years, not just at the radio station, but when you were the advisor, the snapper, when you were head of the undecided program, or just in general, when you were teaching, when you were the, the professor of the class, when you were the instructor, 
you want to see your students succeed. And you especially created a culture at the radio station that would allow the students to succeed. So I want to pick your brain a little bit on the next episode, Doc, and just learn why you were so invested in the future of the students. I don't want to get too deep into it because I think we can do a whole thing because I, I have written on some of the very things that I tried to do. Uh, mentoring uh, uh, students was one very big in my life. And so, uh, yeah, I think that without being too, uh, what do you call it, braggadocia, I, 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 I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to help kids. And uh, if you want to talk about that a little more in depth next week, uh, next time or whatever, I'd be happy to do so. I'm really looking forward to that, Doc, because hearing hearing Keith talk about it throughout this episode, hearing Kevin Disco Dixon talk about it many episodes ago, or even me from what I've experienced and I know so many others have experienced, you know, a lot of our influences came from the radio station. It came from the culture of the college radio station. So many lessons that I've picked up thanks to you and thanks to the people that I've worked with all came from the college radio station. And whether or not it's something that you pick up from on the air, whether or not it's the skills that you develop behind the scenes, whether or not you get a scholarship through the college radio station, there's something for everyone and something for everyone to take away to help them succeed for the future. So I'd really, really like to talk about that next week, Doc. And you know I would definitely like to talk about it because... Uh... As you know, Shane, I love to talk. <laughs> yes, 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 you too, Doc. Yes, you too. But in the meantime, before we start talking again, stay up to date with the podcast by following us all across social media at College Radio Pod. And be sure to share the podcast with your friends, your family, and anybody that loves college radio. Now, before we go today, Doc, is there anything else that you would like to talk about in regards to the wild man, Keith Grohowski here today? Not really. I mean, the, the tattoo thing was uh, uh, something that I really wanted to know why he did it. Okay. And I now have that question answered. I think, Shane, you think we got that answered? I think we have that answered. And you know what? Once you told me that Keith got this tattoo, it got me thinking, maybe. Just maybe I'll have to get a WIXQ tattoo myself. So, Keith, I think you've inspired me. I think you've inspired me. Hey, Shane, they don't wash out. Well, hey, how about this? Maybe this is an option. And to any college radio station that's listening, maybe you can print out the little wash-on tattoos. And then you could sell them for the station or give them away. That'd be a great way to connect with kids because kids love those kinds of tattoos. Right. And maybe some adult might even like to have a, uh, a tattoo that was washed off. I think so. I think you would be the first one to get that, Doc. Maybe, maybe not. I want to see you get it right on your face. Get a face tattoo with W-I-X-Q right on your forehead. You can do that with, uh, what do they call that? Uh, make, make. Uh, Photoshop it. Yeah. You can put Doc's head and put a big tattoo on the middle of his head because Doc will not run around with a W-I-X-Q on his head. Well, I think I'm going to have to get to work on that. I think I'm going to get to work on that. <laughs> but it, you try. <laughs> I think there's someone else might have a say in it besides you. That's true. But until next time, when we talk about how the radio station can invest in the student's success, for Dr. Ralph Doc Rock Antonin and Keith Grohowski, I'm Shane Garcia. Thank you so much for listening to Scholastic Transmission, a college radio podcast. Class is dismissed.